Hello and good evening, everyone. Um, it's Canon Chatter TV. Um, G Talks Arsenal here um, in a slightly different background. I'm sitting on my sofa due to kind of housing arrangements at the moment. Um, and we're also joined by Lottie. How are you, Lottie? I've been better, if I'm honest with you. Last couple of days have yeah. been quite quite off mentally, but I'm here. <laughs> I'm smiling. <laughs> that's that's the most important you? thing. That's the, you know what? I'm good. You know, I'm good. Um, Little like yourself, a little bit indifferent, you know, kind of just mm -hmm. just life, you know, highs and lows and, and and so forth. Um, just to let you guys know, um, Stephen will be joining us uh, this evening. Um, he's just running a little bit late, so um, obviously we're going to be you know reviewing the, the the weekend's game against Brighton and kind of talking you know all things Arsenal. Um, but in the meantime, while Stephen's away, um, we're going to just kind of have a little bit of a chit chat. Um, and I think what what you know. What better place to start than with, um, you know, the whole of social media being down? What are your thoughts about that? Do you think it's just down or are you one of these kind of conspiracy theorists, Lottie, where you think something more sinister is going on? Oh. What do you guys think in the chat? Do you, do you think this is something more sinister or do you just think it's, you know, technology playing up? Do you know what? I was all right on WhatsApp till about three o'clock this afternoon. And then obviously I went into meetings and stuff and because I was yeah. on, in the office in Victoria today. And then I got off the train and I got thinking, oh, well, hang on a second. And why's, why's my phone not going off? Because I come up the tube tunnel just before Arnos Grove. And my yeah, phone yeah. Goes, it's not in the tunnel. My phone goes ding, 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 ding. And it's like, it's not making any noise. I thought, hang on a minute, it died. And I'm like thinking, oh, it hasn't died because I can still hear my headphones. Yeah. And then I went I went on to Twitter and everybody was saying, oh, WhatsApp's down. I was like, okay. I'm like, people said, I think, I think I've put a tweet out. And people said, oh, it's Instagram and Facebook. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't you really use those. I need my WhatsApp. I think, as I just said to you off air, I think this is the first time in three years I actually sent a text, an iMessage or a text message today. It's mad. How do you feel about it? You know what? It's a weird one. It's like, it's crazy because I go through periods where I even mm -hmm. said to you guys privately where, um, you know, you won't really see that I'm quite, you know, there are times when I'm not mm -hmm. active at all on Twitter. Um, and the, co the only kind of activity or, or interaction I'll do is with, you know, Canon Charter. Or if people comment, you know, on our stuff and I'll kind of promote, you know, our shows and stuff. But other than that, I do from time to time like to kind of do a whole kind of social media break where I, I might even have it, but I just don't necessarily use it. So I'll kind mm -hmm. of log out of all my kind of, you know, platforms. Sometimes I may even delete them. And I, I don't mean like delete them as in delete them permanently, but sometimes mm -hmm. I'll just temporarily disable like Instagram or Facebook yeah. just because yeah. sometimes I feel like, sometimes I feel like it's important to just reconnect with the real world. You know, and I just oh, think sometimes we're, we're, we're too heavily kind of dependent on social media. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I think because it's like something that's only going to be temporary, like I, I'm not really, it doesn't really bother me. Obviously, it's nice having Twitter still. It's nice having YouTube so we can do our shows. Yeah, It did feel weird today sending a text message, though. i got to admit, <laughs> I can't, I, I think I've My I question said, is, did you remember how to? Yeah, I did, I did, I did. <laughs> I actually, you know, as I sent, I sent a WhatsApp to, uh, to my missus and my kids earlier because we've got like this this family group chat or whatever and I must have sent the message through and I think it was about 20 to 5 and I just noticed I only happened to look at my phone like about half an hour later thinking rah like literally nobody's replied like this is strange like everyone ignoring me or something um, and then I realised it not gone through and then like you I jumped I tried to jump on some of them social media platforms and mm. Twitter was the only one working and I, I basically got mm. confirmed through Twitter that you know, um, the yeah. rest of it was down or, 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 or whatever. So this is what happens. Yeah, you know, it is what it is, isn't it? Everything. What's that? This is what happens when one company buys everything. 
It's just goes it. Up, but it all goes down. This is it. Like, no this one really it. cares about Facebook. There's some that care about Instagram, but what's up? I need that. <laughs> definitely. I definitely. mean, I mean, it's my birthday on Saturday. I'm trying to organize that. I can't yeah. do it yet. No, I need this fix ASAP. No, I hear you. I hear you. We'll so, go through some of the like, comments so that obviously once Stephen jumps on, he doesn't have to go through kind of all these ones. Yeah. Um, Suarez, how are you? Nice to see you again. You're always with us. Loving the support, Suarez. Um, thank God YouTube is not done. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, you know, silver lining. <laughs> no. Still the lining. We still got. We still got Twitter. We still got um, YouTube, so we can go ahead and do our show still. So that's good. Oh. Um, gonna force edits. Evening, everyone. Evening. Uh, we've got G here. Evening, G and Lottie. G with a double E. I must say. <laughs> <laughs> we've also got Tom. Hi, Tom. Nice to see you again, Tom. Um, nice I know you've been. I know you're relatively new. I think you've been on the last mm -hmm. two streams or so. But yeah, nice to yeah. see you again. Tom, uh, Matt here. Hey, hey, boys and girls. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Uh, we've got Antonio next. Greetings. Grateful we've got a point at least. Um, we are the Arsenal. We move. And yeah, we'll, obviously we'll be discussing um, the game, you know, that took place on Saturday. Um, we'll probably have quite a bit of diverse opinion on tonight's show because um, I think there is there is a real debate whether or not it was a point dropped. Sorry, a point gained or two points dropped. Um and I just think that there is, I think with this game in particular, I think there's going to be quite a diverse opinion in the chat room, but I think also maybe even potentially amongst us in terms of the, the kind of general performers. But we'll get onto that later in the show once Stephen joins us. Um, and this is the question I was saying. Do we think it's just coincidence or do we think it's a conspiracy theory? And Keith has said aliens. You know what? I'm not a betting man, but, you know, maybe potentially you don't know. You don't know. You really don't know. But evening anyway. <laughs> Georgina here. Uh, I think it's quite peaceful, actually. You know what? And that's what I mean. I, I, like I said, I, I I always tend to kind of do a bit of a social media break anyway. So um, I think it, as long as it doesn't last for too long, <laughs> I think we'll I think we'll all survive. I think we'll all be all right. Uh, swear it here saying I have a feeling it has to do with the whistleblower coming out and revealing some facts in relation to Facebook, making money off hateful or abusive content on their platform. Okay. 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 I didn't even know that was a thing. So, um, yeah, if you've got any more information on that, swear it, let me know because, yeah, I, I'm not always the best with with that, with news like that coming out. But, yeah, I didn't know anything about that. And lastly, we've got here uh, from Keith, spot on G. We all need that break from time to time. And, yeah, I, I'm a massive, like I say, I, I don't, I don't think, you know, social media is all doom and gloom and it's all bad. I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with the social media platforms. It's more to do with the way people use them. Um, that that makes it a negative because, you know, they, they are really positive and they can be used, you know, in, in, in a really positive way. But a break from them every now and then is definitely needed. And I know that's something that you do um, from time to time as well, Lottie. Yeah. No, I have been. have been. I mean, I... Well, I went disappeared. I logged out Saturday night, I think. Yeah. And I, I've obviously logged back in this afternoon to tweet the show, and I think I'm just going to disappear again. It's the international break, so yeah. Enjoy my solist, but I've got to work on my blog at some point this week. There's absolutely no rush for me to do it. There's no football. I mean, yeah. I'm going to probably watch the women's tomorrow. They're playing Barcelona in the Champions League or away yes. in Spain. Yes. So, well, if anybody does want to watch it, we are on Arsenal.com tomorrow. Oh, they actually streaming the, the, the match live. Every game's not, every game is on. You just got to look okay, at the Arsenal, Arsenal ladies' fixtures. Excellent. Um, obviously, the FA Cup this year is on 
the BBC. Yeah, it's on the BBC, yeah. Um, and then there's obviously there's going to be games on Sky. And obviously I'm going to be going to some this year. I'm quite excited. Excellent. Quite excited. Good, good, good. Brilliant. Okay. Um, I don't know what's going on there. I can't actually read. No problem. So we've got word, breaking news, breaking news, mm -hmm. um, that um, a certain Stephen, Mr. Best, will be joining us shortly. So what we're going to do is we're going to run the um, intro and then we will see you on the other side, guys. Good evening, everybody. How are you? We're all good. My man. We're apologies all good. for being late. Um, my son decided he didn't want to go to sleep tonight. So um, I was trying to get him settled. And just by the time I got him settled there, I, I missed the start. So my apologies for that. Um, but I, I was listening to your thoughts on social media. It was good stuff. What's... How are you both? Keep well. Yeah, you know what? I'm good, you know. I'm not too bad. I said to Lottie, I said it's been a little bit indifferent last couple of days. Um, you know, highs and lows of life, but, you know, such is life, I guess. Um, but, yeah, how are you? Yeah, do you know what? I'm good. Um, I had a very tiring weekend, obviously, as you, you know. Uh, I said it last week on our Get the Nose question and answer show. I, I took my injection on Friday that lowers my immune system basically crashes my immune system so I spent most of the weekend just yawning and trying to stay awake um, but we're, we're getting back to normal um, I'm not going to lie, the, the match at the weekend didn't really help with the yawning and trying to stay awake um, <laughs> so it's, it's, it, it was difficult <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know what? It's all good. Um, international break now for, for two weeks, which is, mm -hmm. well, we'll discuss it later. It's either come at a really good time or it's come at a bad time. Um, it's interesting, you know, obviously we went into the last international break, haven't played three games, lost all three, hadn't scored a goal, conceded nine. And now all of mm -hmm. a sudden, you know, since then, going into this international break, we've got 10 points from 12 only conceded one goal and scored five. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's definitely been a big turnaround in fortunes between the two international breaks. But has that performance at the weekend sort of said, right, well, it's a good time for a break? Or did we need to keep going and keep the momentum going? But we'll, we'll come on to that match a bit later on. Um, I want to start off the show just tonight. I don't know um, if anybody's heard the news today. Um and I just want to send out my condolences and my, my thoughts to the family and friends of Chig, a.k.a. Gunnar Eagle Eye. Um, I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with him. He's, a, he's another YouTuber. Um, I'll be honest, I, I've watched a, a number of things You know, he's done. I'm not necessarily in agreement with a lot of what he says, but I have the utmost respect for anybody that you know comes on and does a YouTube show week in, week out. It, it takes... It takes more than you think to just sit down and do this. It's not just quite as easy as sitting in front of a camera and talk. You know, there is a bit of prep and you're putting yourself out there into the public eye. 
um, and putting yourself out for for public criticism and stuff. Is, you know, as Lottie and G will tell you, sometimes it's not always nice comments. You know, we're very fortunate in that we get an awful lot of nice comments on this channel, but sometimes you don't. And um, so I have the utmost respect for anybody. And obviously, it's a sad, sad time when you hear the news of anybody. But um, Chig, as I say, aka Gunnar Eagle Eye, passed away during the night. Um, so our condolences quite to, to his friends and his family and at this sad time. So um, what are we going to talk about tonight? I kind of thought to myself, this show, I'm glad you're on, G. I know you're you're struggling with your internet a wee bit, but I kind of thought, you know, how are we going to drag this show out tonight? Because that game at the weekend was terrible. <laughs> um, but we're going to start off and we're going to talk about something really positive and exciting. Um, and something that I'm going to be honest, I don't know a massive amount about, and something that I'm, I'm going to start and get myself more involved in, and that's the women's game. Um, and obviously, the women's team are coming off the back of nine wins in a row, Lottie was telling me, um, which is phenomenal. Um, you know, and it's nice to see our women's team getting back to where they were, because for so long they were the driving force of English women's football. Um, and obviously over the last few years, whilst they've still continued winning the odd trophy here and there, they, they've not been obviously right at the peak where, where they were for a long time. So, um, Lottie, they had a match at the weekend, but you, you were watching um, up against Aston Villa. Um, talk us through what you know of this team. Do you know what? those that At the moment, the selection for these teams is so difficult I've never like even with the Arsenal side we expect a regular 11 but with these guys it's so difficult to predict to start in 11 with them they're just absolutely incredible from what I've seen I've, I've not been I don't watch it in depth like the men's but from what I've seen it's so difficult to pick a starting 11 for and predict what they're gonna go with because the amount of talent that we've got there I mean we've just got Tobin Heath on a free as well and her she was she's been brilliant from from the minutes that she's got and do you know what i expect to see like medima medima everyone knows medima she's had 100 110 no 100 out of 111 games i think it's like something like 103 or four goals now um That's she doesn't nice. start every game she's meant to be the star striker she doesn't start every game we've always got a constant rotation of of different different women playing and it's, it's it's brilliant it's like even if someone goes out injured you've got someone to replace it there's so much squad depth to them it's it's brilliant yeah i brought in no, it's yeah from yeah. leon's women team and leon's women team are sort of one of the best known for their their women's game they're one of the, the best in the world when it comes to the women um so again her was a real oh no real definitely two. Definitely. I mean, I watched her play in the Olympics. She was brilliant. She's just, she's got she's got some speed on her. I'm quite looking. I'm hoping Georgina's coming up in November, and we're going to go to the West Ham game with a few other people. And um, I'm hoping to see most of those names on that list at Meadow Park against West yeah. Ham. So Hi. I'm really. I mean, it's interesting that. you see though. I mean, what you're saying. I mean, the strength of their bench. I do know some of these players, as you say. Mm. You've got Heath. Yeah. Um, Katie McCabe, mm -hmm. uh, Nobs, you know, some real talent there. Uh, this Japanese girl that we've got over the summer, we actually got yeah. her from Villa, I believe. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we yeah. did. 
Um, I'm not going to butcher her name. Um, I just call her Mana. <laughs> yeah, that's what we call her. So, that's, but again, that's I mean, she's another another superstar. You know, so yeah. we have some real talent on that team. No, um, so obviously, you watched the game. Mm -hmm. I only watched. Um, the I hold my hands so, up. I was watching the men's in the first half. I had it across two screens. It's just I the mean, second half that got interesting. So. Tell, tell us a little bit about it. I mean, how do they line up? You know, is it similar to the men's team? Are they going that sort of four-two-three-one or the four-three-three? What sort of way do they? Do they I, I, I think it's a four-three-three. From what I could see, um, I didn't obviously didn't look at the formation when it all came out because I was sort of not paying attention to the first half. But it looked like a four-three-three, and then it changed from what I could see. Um, but li literally, the, the amount of communication they have between them is brilliant literally the quick one twos and it's just it's i just can't put into words they're actually brilliant um i think the first the, the first goal came from um came from little it was 150th goal um that, that was one sorry i'm sure it was little it was 150 goals for little um so she scored captain little she scored her 150th goal it was a it was a quick one two and then it was straight in the net it was nicely curved around the keeper and it was just it was just a it was just a nice goal to watch keeper wasn't quick enough to catch it yeah um gee did you see any of the, the women's game at all yeah, so I didn't per I didn't personally watch the game, um, but you know, having watched um, Sky Sports News for quite a bit um, since obviously the weekend's results, um, what's been nice is that there seems to be much more of a focus on the women's game. So even if you're not necessarily sitting down and watching um, the games itself, you know, they seem to be reporting a lot more of the women's game on Sky Sports News. So I didn't see all the goals, but I definitely saw the forty yarder that went in. <laughs> I saw yeah, that. that. I couldn't miss that. that. Yeah, that, that was that was an absolute phenomenal goal. Um, and I do know that most recently, I have to admit, like embarrassingly, so I don't know nowhere near as much about um the women's game as I should. Um I do know that they've recently changed their manager because I've been watching a little bit of it on Sky Sports News today. Um, and by by all accounts, the recruitment's been really good in the summer, and the the new manager that's coming has really kind of put an emphasis on kind of mixing up the play a bit more. Um, it's saying kind of like, from what I heard today, stereotypically, um, the, the Arsenal women's team has always been, you know, um, famous, similarly to the men's approach under Wenger and so forth with possession play. But um, the new manager coming in kind of wants to mix it up and made the play a little bit more aggressive, sometimes go route one, as well as, you know, tiki-taka football. So, um, yeah, it's been interesting. Um, it's I've always, I've always known that, you know, from like back in the day, that Arsenal's women team was like phenomenal. Won the league every year, won X amount of FA Cups. But I definitely did also hear about, you know, a, a most recent decline. So it is good to know that, that you know, the, the, the Arsenal women, you know, are back on, you know, on the rise and, and moving towards the direction that they need to be. Um, and I know Lottie, you know, is, is saying about, you know, potentially watching more games, even going to games. And it is something, um, you know, with regards even myself, like I say, I need to kind of, you know, I follow it to a certain extent, but just not as much as I do the men's game. Um, but that's something that, you know, at any point in time, we, we can all make more an effort to do because 
Arsenal's women team is is definitely something to be proud of as a Guna because you know historically they've 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 like you said at the beginning of the show they've really driven you know English football you know put it on the map um, and the fact that they've been consistently good for however many years and now they're starting after a small decline starting to kind of work their way up back to like the likes of Chelsea and City because it it's, it kind of it's kind of kind of follows like the men's game in that we were kind of up there. But our decline has just kind of been a lot longer than, than than the women's game. Their decline has been quite kind of short, and they've managed to kind of get back up there. Albeit it's only four games in to their season, but no, it'll be interesting to see how they fare um, over the course of the season. But definitely something that I don't know a huge amount about, but I'm definitely going to be paying more attention to it um, as the season progresses. It make you a lot happier, I promised you. <laughs> Well, that's well, it. You know what I mean. If I can, if I can see, if I can see Gunas like men or women wearing Arsenal shirts and winning games, it's, it's it can only be a plus. <laughs> no, definitely. So the picture on the screen at the minute. This is Katie McCabe, um, number fifteen for the for Arsenal women, um, and she scored an absolute worldie on on Saturday, the fourth goal. Lolly, can you talk us through it a little? Uh do you know what the. <sighs> Where I glanced between the screen and I saw her receive the ball, and she she went to, she went to sort of like cross it, but it ended up sort of curling round over the keeper and into the back of the net from forty yards out, and like I thought I was seeing things. I actually re round the BBC iPlayer to like double check where she was, and it was just it was incredible. I haven't seen anything like that in a very 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 long time. And do you think she meant that? I do, and I don't. You, you know don't what I think she did, you know? That far out. You know what I think she did because you know what it was like. She she didn't she didn't pelt it like blast it yeah. like it was like. In a way, like for me, when the, if I when I slowed it down and I watched mm-hmm. it again because it was mm-hmm. it was the one goal I did see. But when I saw mm-hmm. it, I was like, "How did she do that?" Yeah. And originally, the way the way the game was, I thought, did she score? At the right end, originally, when I because I I wasn't I didn't have the the context of the match in my head, so I'm thinking like how how did that happen? But when you actually slow it down, she actually looks up and like it like the way she the way she hits the ball, it's like she's hitting the ball to chip the goalkeeper. It's not like she's kind of just hitting it to to, to and hoping for the best. So from what I've seen, I personally feel like she she meant it, or at least she she had in her head. You know what? Let me try my luck. Mm-hmm. And then it came yeah. off. The thing is, the, the one the one thing about that is, if you look at the positioning of the other women behind her, they were in the right space. So if that mm. didn't go in, there was someone there to collect it and get it in the back yeah. of the net. It, for me, it definitely went across. Definitely went across. For me, if you look at where the where the where the Villas keeper was, um, mm. you know, you can see the, the Villas keeper was right out at the edge of the box. Mm. Yeah. So to me, I I do think she meant that. Um, Hmm. You know, I'm probably Bella's keeper was too busy worrying about her post-match interview where she was going to cry about Arsenal. You know, that's what Bella <laughs> keepers do. Well, um, the women ain't like that. They, they ain't that. They, they don't think they're that bad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, all in all, it sounds like a good game. And you were saying, Lottie, you think it might still be available on iPlayer to watch if anybody hasn't seen it. Um, yeah, as I say, I'm, I'm guilty of not knowing enough about the women's game, and it's something I want to start and focus on a wee bit more. So I may potentially try and tune in tomorrow night. They're away to Barcelona in the Champions yeah. League tomorrow night. Oh, no, Arsenal.com. 
Okay, so that mm. runs on Arsenal.com tomorrow night. So I might try out and watch that. Another class with the ladies, boys, is we're in the Champions League. <laughs> I know. I know. Highlight of the season. <laughs> yeah. Um, as I said before, it is something that me and G talked about way back at the start was covering mm. the women's game. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just we haven't had a chance to do it. And we're still looking for someone potentially to, to come onto the channel and, and maybe do regular updates and stuff on it. So if that's something that you know somebody out there's interested in goes to edm and we can have a chat um because yeah i mean I, I think we should pay more attention to it as g said it's yeah. it's a team we can be proud of right now mm-hmm. um to be fair i mean our under 23s are doing well as well so yeah, we're going to potentially have a wee bit more look at that as well going forward um it's nice to to see the teams around us doing well the one thing i would say is I would love to see Arsenal.com do a bit more around the women's game as well. Um, and I say that, I know they are doing a little bit more than they used to, but whenever I'm doing the research for this show, um, quite often I will go to Arsenal.com to bring up like the timeline of events for the matches and stuff. Yeah, they don't so do when, that. It's yeah, when we were talking about, you know, obviously covering the Villa-Arsenal um, game from Saturday, um, I went on there and I, I brought... To, went to the women's section to bring up the match report, thinking I would get the timeline of events um, and the likes of that screenshot of the, the team, the lineup and stuff. There was nothing on there. There was a, a sort of written piece about mm. how the game went, but it's not the same level that you would get for the men's game. So I do think it's something that, you know, it'd be nice to see Arsenal.com doing a bit more with um, yeah. and providing the same sort of coverage. Definitely, because if we're watching the men's game and you want to see what's going on with the women's, you can just open the app up. Mm. Yeah, we agree with that. Oh, if it's the other way around, you'd obviously be able to access the men's, but not the women's. Yeah, or even the under twenty threes. Absolutely. All right, let's have a look at some of these comments. Um, Tom saying five hundred pound for flights. Yeah. Tom was thinking of going over to Barcelona tomorrow because he's got a week off, and we had this conversation on Twitter. Yeah, I'd seen a bit of that. <laughs> that was all included for a twenty four hour stay in Barcelona. Five hundred pounds. Scandalous, but that's the airlines and everything trying to get their arm in at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgina squad getting together for the women's game. Swarat, hey Stephen, good to see you. Good to see you too, mate. Jamie, that just flew past Stephen. Um, I'm not sure what that's in reference to, but okay. Jamie, pick up with me tomorrow about that um, message you sent me yesterday, but we'll have a chat. Um, Russ, good evening, evening, Russ. Tom, novice at the beginning of the season at both the Emirates and Medeski. Beth Mead is just tremendous. Maritz at right back, I believe, also impressive. And yeah, Katie McCabe Techers at the weekend, 100%. George Sullivan, even George, great show. And hi to you all. Tom, she meant that one touch took it down and controlled it, next touch lofted it to perfection. If that had been messy, everyone would have been talking about it. Yeah, exactly. Keith, evening, Keith. How are you? Hope you're feeling a bit better. Um, I think it's high time everyone realises game of football should no longer be classed as a men's game. Gender is unimportant. Uh, and Keith also saying, I hold my hands up to not knowing enough about the women's team. Time for a change. Absolutely. Um, uh, George, love watching under 23s. Kevin Betsy doing great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they, they had a slow start to the season, but they've really picked it up now and you, you're seeing it. Um, Interesting though that the, the likes of Balogun and stuff are getting a lot of game time for the under twenty threes. You know, I still, mm. I know he needs to develop, but I would have liked to see him get a few minutes for the first team. Mm. Um, 
Um, he needs to go and learn to the championship. It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. And as long as he's continuing to develop, um, that's the main thing. So, I think it's time then we just go straight into Saturday's game against Brighton. And I had been planning to do sort of do we we do like to be beside the seaside, sing along at the start there. But you know, because I missed the start, he's all missed out on that. So sorry. Um, but yeah, we don't like to be beside the seaside whenever we're going to um, whenever we're going to Brighton. We we don't do well there. Um, Lolly, how many years has it been? Well, when when Premier League was di- Division One, it was nineteen eighty one till last season since we'd won. Because mm. it scored the one 0 I was I. So we don't do very well down there. I'm I'm I hate going down there. Even even as a one away fan, I hate it. It's so awkward to get to as well. So and I'm glad I wasn't there in the rain. I know there's there's a couple of guys watching that went, I'm sorry, but I'm glad I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, it looked thoroughly miserable. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean guys the guys that I know that went, they were soaked through, but they were still singing loud and proud. And we loved it at home. I don't know if you guys had it, had it on the screen, but I did. Loud yeah, and proud. Was, was the weather like that around the whole south coast on, on Saturday? Like, gee, was it like that time where you were? It literally did not stop raining. Yep. Like literally from the moment often. from the moment I opened my eyes to, to, to the, the moment I closed my eyes at night, it did not stop raining. Like even even outside where, where our garden was, I was kind of frightened that it was gonna flood because it was raining so heavy that the, the drainage that we have in the garden was kind of overflowing and the water was like, it was raising, rising in the garden. So, um, but yeah, it, it just literally didn't stop all day, like literally all day. Um, so yeah, I wasn't surprised when I saw it um, um, in the game. And yeah, to be fair, like having played football, even though it's obviously nowhere near, you know, professional level, you know, playing in, in those kind of conditions, conditions is not easy. It's not nice um, at all. Um, but yeah, no, the, the weather was horrendous at the weekend. Boys, do we think Kieran Tierney was in See, his element that day with all the rain? It's probably like a summer's Absolutely. day for him. in the vest in the snow, so a little bit of rain <laughs> do nothing to him. <laughs> Being where I'm from, I'm the same. I, I had no issue with rain. I'm quite happy to go out and yeah. play in rain. And mm. I, I love going out for a walk in the rain. Yeah, you um, said, you know, said. I, I took Connor out the other day for a walk and he was yeah. like busting to get home because um, he didn't want to be out. And I was just like, this is great. <laughs> Four. I bet he wasn't so, impressed. Yeah. <laughs> right, a couple of comments and then we'll, we'll bring up the lineup. So, Jamie, the cough one, I get you. It was actually a sneeze, but yeah, I get you. Um, Keith's on the mend. Good. Jim, how are you, Jim? Haven't seen you about for a bit. Um, Arsenal fans should get used to watching the women's team because they'll be the only ones left in any silverware this season. <laughs> well, nice negativity there, Jim. Nice negativity. George, I was absolutely soaked. It was atrocious weather. Yeah. Um, Russ, Party and Lukonga were very poor yesterday. Um, a lot of the team were very poor, to be fair, though, Russ. Um, Jamie, I followed the women's team before I joined Twitter and followed the likes of Kelly Smith and Emma Byrne. Um, as well as Wilshire and Frimpong. Danny Carter replied to me and I was so happy. <laughs> um, and George wondered if Gabrielle found his teeth. Good. 
I think he did because he got them fixed. I think if you looked at his Instagram story, um, he actually posted pictures of his teeth, like where his teeth had broke. Yeah. And then he went to a dentist within like three, four hours and he had his teeth fixed. Yeah. yeah. He needs yeah. to wear a gum shield. Yeah. Definitely. That's the second time against Brighton. Supposedly, that's a that's the second time it's happened against Brighton as well. Yeah, yeah. Remember yeah, yeah. last last game of last season. That's mad. It is. It yeah. is. I think. Right. So, let's put the result out of our heads for a minute, um, and let's talk about the lineup. So, obviously, we knew number thirty-four wasn't going to be able to play, um, and much as I don't like him and don't rate him, I still wish him a speedy recovery. Um, you know, because I don't want to see that yeah, happen to any player, and especially not any Arsenal player. So um, I will send best wishes that way. So I'll bring up the lineup. Um, and it was kind of as we mostly expected. Um, I know I had predicted slightly differently. It was it was one of them ones where you didn't know if he was going to stick, if Arteta would stick with this 4 2 3 1 that had worked well against Spurs. Or was he going to go back and try the 4-3-3 again, which is ultimately what he has said he wants to play. And I kind of thought with, with 34 being out that this was the chance for him to, to make that move and go to the 4-3-3. Um, so I had originally sort of thought that probably um, Sambi wouldn't play and Pepe would. But that's not how he went. He went for the 4-2-3-1 um, and obviously kept the same back five. So you have Ramsdale, Tommy Ashu, White against his former club, Gabriel and Kieran Tierney. Then in midfield, you had um, a midfield two of Party and Sambi with um, Smith on the left, Saka on the right, Odegaard in behind Aubameyang up top. So when the team news came out, G, what were you thinking? What was your um, thoughts on this lineup? I was, I was pretty happy with it, to be honest. Um, I was more... I felt as though Arteta wouldn't go with the, you know, the kind of four-three-three for this match. Um, don't ask me why, but I just, I just, I just don't, I just couldn't see him doing it when with with um, thirty-four or whatever. I can't keep up anymore. Uh, being being um, injured, I think um, for me, my kind of logic was telling me just do a lack for lack substitution. Or lack for lack change and just bring Sambi in for for, for for number 34. So for me, when I saw the lineup, I wasn't surprised. Um, I was quite I was quite happy, you know, with the back five staying what it was, Sambi coming in for 34 in the middle. Um, and then obviously, you know, the front three, front four staying the same because they they played so well um against Spurs, you know, a weekend before. So um, yeah, I was pretty content with the lineup. Okay. How about yourself? Um, do you do you feel as if you yeah. made a little blunder with um, sticking Sambi in there and going with this formation? No, not at all. I mean, the thing is, I don't know any Arsenal fan that could really have complained about that lineup. Um, I mean, it's it's arguably most of the majority of the lineup is picking itself now. That's the thing, and really. The formation that he plays dictates whether it's going to be Sambi playing in midfield or Pepe coming in. And I think other than that, you know, the rest of them kind of, they're, they're pretty much all kneeled on now. It's not like last season where he was chopping and changing. And I'm glad to see that, especially the back five. You know, and we've talked about that before, that you, you've got to build from the back. You've got to have a solid foundation and 
keeping them playing together week in, week out is going to make such a difference. And you've seen that, especially with Gabriel coming back. I mean, for me, he has been the massive difference in our defence. Um, his last nine games that he's played for Arsenal, we have won eight, um, drawn one, conceded three goals, and kept six clean sheets. It makes in those nine difference. games, and that goes to that goes to show the measure of that player and how important he is to that backline. And him and White seem to be forming a pretty good understanding. Um, so, I mean, before we talk more about the game, and you know, we'll talk about more about that. Lottie, what was your thoughts when you seen the lineup? I got eleven out of eleven. <laughs> I was happy. So, I mean, as soon as I saw it come up, guys, I like I WhatsApp both of you. I'm like, I got it right. <laughs> we got it right. I should say because obviously me and G. When you went when here on Friday, it was our starting eleven. So I was just I was just happy that it was the same lineup really, and I kind of expected what we got at the Emirates, if I'm honest with you. But it was a draw, so yeah. I mean, the match itself, um, to sort of do like an overview of it, wasn't very good. It you know it wasn't a great game. So I think you know quite often what we do is we look at the individual instances but there wasn't really an awful lot to look at. So I think it's more sort of, we, we need to go through the players and sort of talk about the players' individual performances. Um, but the one thing I want to sort of say first, was it a case, and I know, gee, you were very critical of the performance, but was it a case of we were terrible or was it a case of just Brighton were very good? Brighton were good, um, but Arsenal weren't good enough. And I think that's that that's the way I'm kind of looking at it. Um, you know, I, the, the, the general performance for me was pretty poor. But when I say it was poor, I, I can't tarnish that brush with, you know, the whole squad because I feel defensively we were we were good. Um, I know, you know, there were instances in the first half where Tomiyasu didn't probably had the first kind of wobble in terms of his Arsenal career. He's had some really strong performances, but he looked a bit troubled in this match, um, a little bit out of sorts. But regardless of that, you know, we came under, you know, wave after wave of Brighton pressure. Um, they played very differently to what I expected them to play. I thought they would sit back, um, as me and when me and Lottie discussed it on Friday, I thought they would sit back and they would try and hit us on the counter. But in fact, we were the team sitting back and we were trying to hit them on the counter. So I, I was really surprised by um, their tactics. Admittedly, I don't watch much of Brighton. I have no really reason to. But I was really surprised at just how aggressive they were with their tactics and how they actually brought the game to us. For me, they controlled the, the tempo of the game. They had 58% possession and up to 21 chances. Now, albeit of those 21 chances... Most of them were kind of, you know, they weren't clear-cut chances. They were kind of like shots from outside the box, etc. But given the amount of ball they had and how well they did play, I thought the defence did really well. I thought between, um, between you know, Tomiyasu, White, Gabriel, Tierney, as well as Ramsdale, I felt like all five of them had really good games. Um, maybe not so much the two wing backs as as an offensive side but defensively we looked solid 
Like I wasn't, I, I, at no point, there were a few hairy moments, but at no point was I really, really panicky in terms of where, where we're going to concede a goal. Because it just seemed like, you know, if, if if Gabriel didn't clean it up, Ben White was there to clean it up. And if if they weren't there to clean up, Ramsdale at the moment, you know, touch wood, I don't want to jinx him. He looks unbeatable at the moment. Um, he, 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 just, he just seems to do the basics right. But yet when he's called upon to make, you know, a match winning or point saving save, he 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 does it. Um so defensively for me we were we were sound, but we lost the battle in midfield. And for me, that was I was really concerned because this is a Brighton side without Basuma. And a Brighton side without Basuma, we couldn't dominate them in the midfield, despite having two very physical players in both Partey and and and, and Lukonga. Up front, we just didn't click. Um, I think Odegaard had a poor match, not to single him out, but when I compare the way he played against Spurs to the way he played in the Brighton game, it, it was he was a shadow of himself in that match. And the front three, you know, um, Saka, Uba and, and Smith-Rowe didn't have great games. I think of the three, Smith-Rowe shone for me. And I think he's consistently shined throughout the season. Um, even when Arsenal don't particularly have a positive game or a positive result, he seems to be the one that can make something happen or seems to be the one to get the kind of key chance or the key opportunity or put himself in, in the right space that can make something happen. But on the whole, I, I, I do feel like we were outplayed. Um, and, you know, as you can tell from the WhatsApp group, I, I wasn't best pleased with our, our, our display offensively. And that is something that I, has really concerned me this season. I saw it against Norwich. I saw it against Burnley. Um, obviously, the first three games against Brentford, um, Chelsea and Man City, offensively, we weren't great. And when I reflect on all the league games so far, the only match I can say that I've been impressed with our offensive play has been the Spurs game. So that, that really does concern me because... While I can see the progress and I can see the consistency, you know, materialising in the defence, I just can't see it in the offensive unit. I, I, I just really can't see it. And, and that really, really concerns me because despite having, you know, despite having picked up 10 points in 12 games, when you do look at the table, you know, I don't think our, I don't think our league position um, correlates with the quality of the players that we have in our first eleven. And when I look at things like goal difference, we're, we're still like minus five. And I'm thinking where are these goals going to come from? They, they, for me, going into this international break, there are, as much as I'm happy because we've done a lot better than the first the first instalment of the season, but I still do have some real kind of concerning questions with regards to Arteta and, and, and the direction of the team. Okay. So, Lolly, I mean, how much of a factor do you think the weather was in the performance? Well, it was absolutely raining cats and dogs. Uh, excuse the phrase, but like, I, I mean, if you if you literally the wind would blow and you could see the level of rain that was coming down on that ground. From Brighton's point of view, I they they expect this kind of weather up here, up in London, not so much because we're more shielded, but you they'll still get wet. Um, just just didn't stop raining, did it really? Um. They should they, they should have been able to play. I mean, they they need to be able to. Play, I mean, play in all conditions. I mean, even the snow. Uh, look at West Brom last was it last season when Kieran Tierney scored. 
Yeah, either yeah. last season or this season before. We, man- we managed to score in the snow. Why can't we score in the, score in the rain? As G yeah. said, the, the offence is not looking very great. Yes, you turned up for the North London derby, but where did you... Did you turn up yesterday? No. I mean, I saw bits of Saka turn up um, and he was causing some problems down on the right. But after he tried that a couple of times, he didn't didn't even try again after that. Well, well come on to some individual performances in a wee minute. Um, I want to just go through a couple of these comments just before we, we get too many. And then as I say, we'll, we'll comment on a few of the, the individual performances. Um, so Tom, I did get a happy birthday tweet from Romford Pelly yesterday. Um, in my day. Happy birthday for yesterday, Tom. Yeah, happy birthday. Um, happy birthday. Lions AFC, welcome back. I don't understand what the tactics were on Saturday. It was just like watching the City game. Hit it long, hope for the best. All ball against three centre-backs who are early good. Very true. Um, Suarez, Tommy Asu had a tough time out there in defence, but overall our defence was solid. Gabriel Strong, as usual, Ramsdale was superb once again. Um, Jamie, yeah, the 11 will be predictable, but Mikel needs to react to the game. Subs again too late and no conscious effort to stop the right side attacks. Needs running in behind and Martinelli gets left out. Yeah, I mean, that was something I sort of commented on to someone was that I thought Martinelli should have come on. Um, I thought it was a game sort of made for him. Uh, Keith, we need to recognise that Brighton have a brilliant infrastructure from youth to first 11. It's taken a few years, but they're reaping their benefits now. Um, Martin, um, I think we have to accept Brighton away is going to be a tough game for everyone, just like everyone is starting to see how difficult Brentford are to play against decent results in the end. Yeah, and I mean, it's the same with Burnley away. You know, going to the Burnley is a tough game now. Um, it's not easy to pick up a win there. So, um, Keith, having said that, we were poor but defended well and ground the point out when we probably didn't deserve it. And again, that's, you know, that's another thing that we quite easily could have lost the game. Um, and teams... Teams in the past would have gone there. You know, Arsenal teams would have gone there, especially the ones that you know we've seen with the, the very soft underbelly, and would have lost that game. Um, Suarez, so any news on Saka's injury? He came off after he got tackled. I hope he is all right and doing better. I'm not honestly sure. I haven't heard anything on it. And Keith agrees with Lottie. Brighton will have been more used to the wind than us. Yeah. Um, if you look at Arsenal, um, Stephen, if you're sitting at the back. They've actually shielded the fans from the wind, so the wind doesn't come through. There's actually clear plastic at the top where you where you can see straight through at the back. We don't, you don't feel any of that at all. So, Arsenal, they are completely shielded compared to Brighton. Yeah. Lions FC, do you guys think we need another striker similar to what when we had Giroud, especially when we play away? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we'll talk a bit more about that later. So I want to go back. Um, and obviously. You've both touched on it, and Swart mentioned there as well. Ramsdale was superb once again. Um, an absolute worldy of a save in the second half. It was phenomenal. But he also could have been at fault, and potentially we could have been a goal down um, when he came out flapping a little and Dunk hit the shot well over the bar. I mean... Do you remember the incident I'm talking about, first of all? Yeah. Um, I think it was Dunk put the ball well over the bar. It wasn't the one... I, I feel like he was I feel like he was fouled in that instance. Um, I don't know if we're talking about the same one, but it was almost Yeah, no, like, we are, yeah. Yeah, I, see, I don't know, you know. When, when I first saw it, I, I thought... 
oh god here we go <laughs> that was my first instance you know my first reaction was that you know we've been we've been bigging this guy up so much like he's gonna come and just just become butterfingers all of a sudden but when when I when I watched when I watched it back I feel like he was I feel like he was fired personally um it seemed as though like he had control of the ball but then he was I don't know if I, from what I remember I don't know if he was like he was colliding into his chest and then the ball went kind of the, he kind of lost control of the ball and then obviously it went over but um I think if that had gone in I think there's a high chance that um the goal would have been struck off for a foul on on him when I looked at it on reflection, when I looked at it, I feel as though he was fouled. Okay. My issue with it is that, yes, we need a keeper that commands the box. We need a keeper that will come for crosses. But I think he misjudged that one. Okay. And I think that that was a real stretch for him to try and get to that one. Yes, I, I understand what you're saying. And you could probably, you could argue it was a foul. Mm. But at the same time, it quite easily could have, if the ball had gone yeah. in, it quite easily could have been yeah. given. And that's yeah. the thing. And I think he took an unnecessary risk with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my concern that he is so hyped up mm-hmm. and so intent on doing well that he's going to make mistakes because he's pushing himself too hard and trying to be too commanding, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Maybe um, just needs to kind of chill out a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, I just wonder what the reaction from fans would have been like if that ball had ended up in the back of the net. You know, because the Arsenal fans, and I, not every fan, obviously, when I say this, but a lot of fans are, are very fickle. Yep. And it doesn't take much to turn them. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've seen from he was the person, the keeper that nobody wanted, to now he's the keeper that's one of the best in the league and should be England number one. And, and we're guilty of it here ourselves, you know, and I've yeah. said this time and time again. I said I didn't want them. Yeah. And now I think, yeah, he's a really good keeper. You know, and I'm glad we got him. But at the same time, I'm just, I'm worried that he's getting ahead of himself. And I'm worried that it's only going to take a silly mistake for the, the naysayers to come back with, oh, you know, we told you, we warned you, this is what he's going to be like. And, and the next thing, the confidence starts to go. And he doesn't start to play as well. And we ship a few goals. Um, so, I mean, do you think that's something that probably the coaching staff should be looking at and sort of saying, rein it in a little? Or are you happy enough for him just to, to keep belting on? You want to take that one, Lloyd, or do you want me to go? No, go on. You've already got an answer before I do. Um, I can see it written on your face. Yeah, you, you know what it was, yeah. I, um, I, I have to be honest, I felt that a little bit, even in the Spurs game, I felt, um, and you know, people might completely disagree with me, but I felt like the pass that he played to Xhaka um, for our second goal, I believe it was, was a very, very, very fine margin between being um, what was an excellent ball, which I feel like Xhaka actually did very well with um, because I think it was very close his distribution is fantastic, but I think that that ball in particular was very close to being potentially intercepted. It, it wasn't the best or the easiest ball for Xhaka to actually kind of control, turn his man and, and, and play out. I think it was the Smith role. So that for me, when the pass was first made, I thought, oh, I thought that's going to be tight. And then obviously, you know, it doesn't become an issue because we go up the other end and we score a goal. And then all of a sudden, it's a fantastic pass. So... 
there's a very thin line between, you know, um, playing out from the back, you know, commanding your box, but then in doing so, there's a very thin line between, you know, getting it right and making a mistake. And I think, I think, you know, obviously fans, you know, we are fickle, you know, we can, our, our minds can change, you know, from game to game, from incident to incident. Um, but I, I just hope that, I think one thing we need to make sure that we don't do is we don't suppress his game because at the end of the day, you know, I think he's come in, he's settled in really well. And I think, you know, we've obviously heaped praise on him. But I think what we do have to understand, whatever they, whatever they, you know, they're professionals behind the scenes. So they will have their conversations. They will help him with regards to his development. And I'm sure there'll be multiple conversations happening, you know, even during the international break. He'll join up with the England team, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure Arteta, David Seaman, you know, he's got all of these like big profile people behind the scenes talking to him. But I think as Arsenal fans, we do need to be realistic and we need to understand that in terms of him being a goalkeeper and the finished article, he's a baby. You know, he's 23 years old. Most goalkeepers don't come into their prime well into their 30s. So, you know, what he's shown so far, I think we can we we all need to appreciate that he, you know, he's shown us he's shown us passion, he's shown us hunger, and he has shown us that he has ability. But I think we have to be prepared that he's going to make mistakes. There is no way he's not going to make mistakes having joined Arsenal so young and, and in terms of a goalkeeper being so so fresh in terms of his development. So I'm prepared for him to make mistakes. And I'm not saying I, I'm not going to you know throw the remote or you know switch off the TV, but I'm not going to publicly go out and just execute the guy because... He's going to make mistakes. He's a young footballer. That game is developing. He's playing at the highest level and mistakes will happen. Obviously, we don't want it to be a consistent thing, but the last thing I think we should do as fans is just publicly get on his back when it happens because I don't think it's a case of if. I think it's a case of when um, because the last thing we want to do is, 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 is for his confidence to drop and he very much seems like he is a player that could potentially be impacted by, by fans um, and fans' opinions and, and and the crowd because he seems to get off. He seems to be able, you know, the atmosphere seems to be able to inspire his game. So I feel as though, and I think in many ways, it's the reason why he's kind of come in and he's hit the ground running because I think he's wanted to prove all of us wrong because he's seen it everywhere. He's seen everybody saying, you know, he's rubbish. He's not worth, he's not worth 30 million. Arsenal crazy to spend this kind of money. Like, you know what I mean? Like, come on, he's, he's going to have seen it everywhere on social media you know, friends, family, everybody would have seen it, heard it, etc. So um I hope, do you know what I mean? I just hope the fan base go easy on him because he will make mistakes. Yeah, absolutely, Lolly. No, exactly. I completely agree with everything that G says. I mean, as you said, this fan base is very fickle and there's very few of us that will turn back to what they were saying before, but they're there. And it's just it's just the way the way certain section of sections of this place is. I mean, they're not happy unless they're moaning about something. Yeah. I think it's important though that as fans we see that he's making mistakes and that we're not building them up too much. Because this is the problem that we, we build players up too much. Um and then when they have a poor performance or they make a mistake, we really go to town on it. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. 
and I think it's important that you know, and that's why I'm kind of highlighting the fact that for me, I think he made a mistake in that instance. Mm-hmm. And as you rightly said in the game before, you know, against Spurs, he made a mistake with that pass out the 34. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a weak pass, and he has made mistakes. But it's important that we recognise that, but we also recognise his qualities. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my biggest fears for um, for Saliba. And we've, we've talked about this before, you know. Um, he's gone off to France. And realistically, yes, some people are watching some of his games. But the majority of the Arsenal fan base are not watching him play week in, week out for Marseille. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen is they're seeing the, you know, He's he's had a good game. They're seeing reports of he's had a great game in this, but they're not actually watching ninety minutes of him play. Mm-hmm. They're not watching and seeing the mistakes that he's making, and hopefully learning from. But he's still making them. Yeah, and I've tried to highlight before. You know, I've I've said before. You know, I've watched the game and, and seen him make worse mistakes. You know, there was the incident the other week. Um, was it at Ben White's back pass? Um that led to the, the penalty call against yeah. Burnley, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and yet, just a few days before, Saliba had done something which was even worse with his back pass. It was an even worse attempt at a back pass. Football. And I highlighted it. And it's not because I want to pick holes in Saliba. It's the fact that I want people to understand that he's going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But I'm worried that people who aren't watching Alexis Saliba are going to hype him up so much that he comes back he gets a chance in the first team, he makes a mistake, and they are going to crucify him. Mm. And then that's the concern. So again, it's not that I'm trying to pick holes in anything with Ramsdale. I just want to make sure that, you know, as fans, we're grounded in our opinions of him because he needs to yeah. be grounded in his opinion of himself and how he plays and his, you know, and that side of it. But we need to be grounded as fans and recognize he does make mistakes. He's 23. He's going to make mm-hmm. mistakes. And even the best footballers in the world. You know, Messi makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. Ronaldo makes mistakes. They all do. We have to accept that players aren't perfect. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's the only reason I'm sort of highlighting this. Um, it's not any slight on Ramsdale at all. I think he's been really impressive with what he's done. But we do have to accept he will make mistakes, and he does and has made them. Mm-hmm. So, moving on. Um, I mean, as we said, the, the defence is working... Well, I'm really liking the partnership between Gabriel and um, yeah. White. I think there, there seems to be a real good understanding, and you can see, you can see very much why Arteta wanted a left foot and a right foot central defender, because you can see the way they're turning and opening their bodies up for the passes, um, and the way they're playing that that, that sort of style. Um, so I'm, I'm liking that. Tommy Asu, I felt struggled a wee bit, Lottie. Um, what was your feelings on him on, on Saturday? Uh, for, from the forty-five minutes I paid attention to, yeah, he did. He did struggle. He did look a bit out of sorts. But we all know Brighton's a tough game away anyway, whether we like it or not. Um, but I think we might see a couple, a couple of more games where he's like that, where he hasn't experienced the away grounds yet, and it's a case of adaptation. But I think his home performances, I think he's going to do really well this season. But I'm guessing he's going to struggle. For the away games, at this at this point, as much as I, I absolutely think he's brilliant, I think he will struggle in terms of getting used to wet, like the conditions and everything else. Okay, so 
one of the areas I felt we really struggled on salary was getting any sort of foothold and any control in midfield. Um, I must, I'm not 34's biggest fan. I, I have seen people saying, no, we would have been better with him in. Possibly we would have been better if we have bought Bruno Grimerich in the summer and played him, but, you know, we didn't. Um, Gene, what did you think of the sort of the Sambi and, and party partnership? I mean, where was the disconnect there? Why wasn't it working quite as well as we were expecting to? You know what? It's, it's hard to... When I was watching the game, it's hard to kind of work out why it didn't really work. And I, I just think... With regards, like... When, when I watch Arsenal and, and when I watch, you know, when I watch this game, it was almost like... I couldn't necessarily see what Partey and Sambi were both doing or what their job was. Um, for a lot of the time, it felt as though Sambi was sitting deep. Um, even though he's, you know, he's quite progressive in terms of he gets the ball, he picks it up, he, he plays a, a forward pass. But there were quite a few times when Sambi was really, really deep. So I'm assuming looking at that, you know, his job was to kind of protect the back four to sit maybe more deeper than, than Partey and maybe giving Partey a little bit more license. Um, or in fact, you know, the two kind of sitting deep. But for me, positionally, it just didn't look right. Um, I don't think the back four was 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 massively protected very well, um, despite doing a great job to not to to, to not um, to not um, concede. But then even as as offensively as well, Partey, who is you know very forward thinking in terms of his passing, he actually put on some brilliant passes in that game despite having a generally poor performance. But yeah, I just felt as if I feel like when 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 Partey and Jacker play. I feel like they both kind of know their roles and I feel as though, dare I say it, I feel as though, you know, when 34 Xhaka is playing, I feel as though I feel more confident with regards to that kind of midfield pivot. Um, as good as Sambi is, he is young, he is inexperienced and... <laughs> Another thing I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably get a lot of, you know, criticism for is I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Partey has has the leadership skills that 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 Xhaka has in that midfield um, because I often feel like I feel like Partey technically is quite a he's, he's technically a very gifted player, but I feel as though he struggles when he doesn't have um, number thirty four Xhaka next to him because it's like I, th there was just a massive disconnect and it's hard for me to kind of put my finger on it because. I don't really know what the instructions were. But when I was watching the game, I couldn't really see what the instructions were. I couldn't see who, who was supposed to sit, who was supposed to support the forward play, or if they were both trying to sit in front of the back four and, and both be trying to um, try, trying to be defensive. But quite clearly, for two technically gifted and both physically strong players, we were just completely outplayed in the middle. We, we couldn't get... We couldn't keep position and possession. We couldn't maintain possession, um, and even transitioning from from defense to attack, we were just getting closed down. The Brighton press was just suffocating us every single time. You know, every single time you know Gabriel or, or, or White picked up the ball and played it to to to, to Partey and Sambi, they, they were out of options. They had to either go sideways or they had to go back because the Brighton players were just all over us. So, I think. 
you know, the tactics that um, Arteta adopted in that game were completely wrong. Um, and I couldn't really see, if I'm, if I'm completely honest, I couldn't really see what the tactics were or, or what the game plan was. Because for me, it just seemed like it was attack versus defence. And anytime we pick up the ball, we'll try and hit them on the counter. If we can't hit them on the counter, we'll get behind the ball. We we'll just make sure we don't concede until until next time we win possession and we try and score again. That seemed like that was our tactic, and that didn't change like throughout the ninety minutes. I think there was a spell in the second half where we were kind of on no right late in the second half, last ten minutes or so, where we could have actually gone on to win the game. But yeah, it, it just wasn't right, and I think I think the game was not not necessarily lost, but because we we got a draw. But in terms of our chances of winning it we lost it in, in terms of the midfield battle. We, we couldn't control the midfield. And so Brighton were just running riot. So Lottie, I know obviously you're Sambi's number one fan. Yeah. So, same sort of question to you. I mean, what, what do you think was the issue between them? I, 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 they're both, first off, they're both attacking midfielders. Uh, that's, and that's, that's the end of it for me. Um, but I do feel like Sammy was dragged down that left-hand side more than he should have been. I do feel like he, he, he his defensive play was good. It wasn't great. I mean, he won his duels. He was switched on throughout that game. I'm not complaining. I just don't understand why he was so far down on that left-hand side when he's in leaving party out in the middle of the field on his own. Yeah, positionally it was messed up. Exactly. That's the only. That's my only only complaint. Is why are you so far down the left hand side? You're meant to be in the middle of the park. Yeah. I mean, I just. I, there was I, a, there was a few times where he was literally. It looked as though he was playing left wing back. Exactly. And and and, and Tierney was in 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 a, in a three at three at the back because so many times he was picking up the ball and he and he was literally like playing left wing back or, or left centre back. And I was just thinking, yeah. what like that? There were just huge gaps in the middle. So for mm-hmm. whatever whatever was happening. I just felt like there needed to be a change a lot earlier on in that game to try and to try and gain control of the midfield, um, but it just didn't happen for me. Um, yeah. I don't. I, I don't think. I don't think Arteta got the substitutions right um, when, when he actually made them. But yeah, the, we we lost the midfield battle. That was it there and then. We lost the midfield battle, I mean, and because of that, the, the 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 I don't think we had a very high chance of winning the game. Yeah. I think I think one of the highlights of that game is I think we were Brighton must have had a corner, and I saw Odegaard trying to mark up Burn. Burn is six foot seven. Have you seen the size of the guy? He's taller than Ramsdale, and you're getting little Odegaard to mark him up. What is? How does that make sense? Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to read a couple of these comments for you, and just before we come back to it, a wee, in a wee second, because um, um, I'll explain why in a second. Sorry. Uh, Lions AFC, the Brighton keeper had a similar incident with Gabrielle. It was hard for both keepers, I think. Um, yeah, I think it was. I don't think conditions helped them, to be fair. Um, Tom, I think this is it, which is something I saw Gunnar Girl at 1969 say earlier. Overall, we are improving as a team since last season, mainly in defence, but we can't always be lambasting them on Arteta. Gary, good evening, G, Lottie and Stephen. Come on, you Gunners. Come on, Gary. How are you? Um... Gary also saying Curtis Shaw reviewing positioning, ESR positioned centrally, which pushed Sambi out to cover the wide man with X, um, and he's referring to number 34, and um, push ESR out to cover. Also, ESR let attack up the middle. Um, 
Laurie found the highlight in this match, really. <laughs> yeah. So I want, I want to come back to this, and it, it's obviously because we're going to move on to sort of the, the front four now. Um, but I do think that it, what Gary's saying there is completely right. In Smith Rowe, for me, was the best player on the pitch for Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. But he was coming more centrally. He was being sucked in off that left-hand side, which left Tierney and Sambi trying to cover it. Um, which for me is not really where he should have been. If he's playing on the left-hand side, he should have been sort of no. sticking more to the left. But do you think that was more as a result? Do you think that was the tactics, or was that a result of Smith Rowe trying to take the game by the scruff because Odegaard yeah. had such a poor game? You know, and that, that's that's what I'm thinking. Because I can't understand why Arteta would say, no, you know, Smith-Rowe, you go into the middle as well and let Sammy and Tierney play on the left and leave that big gap in the middle of the pitch. So my thought is that ESR has tried to take this game and he's tried to be the driving force and he looked like he was. I mean, for me, Mm -hmm. if we were going to get a goal, it was coming from Smith-Rowe. Yeah. So I'm thinking that he's trying to cover in that number 10 position for Odegaard because Odegaard was, that was one of the worst games I've seen Odegaard play yeah. in an Arsenal shirt. Um, I'll be honest, I was so glad when he was hooked after like 60 minutes or 62 minutes. So, I mean, do you think that could be why we've seen Sambi so far out of position? Yeah, I think so. Um, because, you know, sometimes when you're watching a game, you, you kind of don't, you kind of don't clock it. You know, you're just, you're just kind of in the heat of the moment. You're watching the game, etc. But if you actually think, when you look at that lineup, Smith Rowe was playing out on the left hand side. And when you compare, when you compare, when you see like the the, the highlights or, or the match of of the North London derby, you could see how destructive he was on the left hand side, and you could see that because a lot of the time we were playing counter attacking football. You know, he could really kind of open up his leg, you know, and just and just go at at the Tottenham defense. Obviously, you know, this was a Brighton side, um, which, which I said kind of beforehand, they were going to be a much tougher test than Tottenham. And I, I I wasn't carried away with the whole, you know, we won the North London derby. I was obviously over the moon, but I never, ever predicted that we were going to we were gonna walk over this Brighton side because I look at their league table position and I'm like, nah, this is not going to be a breeze in the park. But Smith Rowe was coming centrally so much during this game. Um, and if you actually look at all the key moments that he had where he could have potentially scored or where he was trying to open up, open up, there was a couple of times when he even played a couple of through balls. All the all the promising stuff that he was doing in this game came from a central like position, which for me, I feel as though it was compensation for how for how poorly Odegaard played. He was awful. <laughs> like, in all honesty. Um, he was dreadful and I think he should have been pulled a lot sooner than 60 minutes because he just was not in the game whatsoever. Like, again, a complete contrast to, to, to the North London derby. And whether you want to put that down to whether, you know, we can't put it down to tiredness or European football or whatever, but, you know, whether you want to put it down to whether he's clamped, man's from Norway. So <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily put it down to the weather. Um, I just think he had an off game. I just think he had a bad game. Um, and that's fine. You know, I think that's one thing as Arsenal fans, we really need to understand and we really need to put into perspective is that 
And that's the only thing for me. And I don't blame the players for that is we have an average age of like 24 years old, the squad. The squad is very young. So I think, you know, we're going to see, regardless of what Arteta is doing or how he's developing these, these players, we're going to see these guys make mistakes. We're going to see them positionally, tactically make mistakes, make errors. Um, you're going to see them in form. You're going to see them off form. It's going to happen because they're so young. You know, I, and I, I honestly feel like that's not their fault, really. And as fans, we have to come to terms with that. That's going to happen throughout throughout the season, throughout the games. But, yeah, I, I think Smith-Rowe, I even said it to you in the WhatsApp group after the game, I think Smith-Rowe was fantastic. If anything was going to happen in that game, it was going to happen. It was going to come through him, either a pass or, or, or a goal. Um, it wasn't meant to be, but he had a great game. And I feel, honestly, that he moved centrally because he couldn't really see anything else happening, you know, centrally for Arsenal. I don't necessarily feel it was tactically or tactical because I don't even vaguely remember Odegaard playing out on the left or, or, or moving out to the left or whatever. So um, I think Smith-Rowe definitely saw an opportunity to to grab the game by the scruff of its neck and actually make something happen. But unfortunately, it was just a little bit too late. Yeah. Robbie, what's your thoughts on that? No, G said it all. Beat me to it. I mean, he's, he's completely right. I mean, with as I, as I said, I saw Sambi being dragged down the left and couldn't understand it. But now I think about it, it's, it's, it makes sense with Smith going so centrally. So it's just the case of Odegaard not turning up as well as Aubameyang. If we're going to say who didn't turn up, they both of them should have been off at half time. Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned that. I mean, that's what I was going to talk about next, um, was obviously Aubameyang's performance. Mm. Um, just, I mean, we'll come on to that in a wee sec, but just very quickly on the, the Odegaard situation. I mean, for me, I would have hooked him at halftime, yeah. personally. Um, I would have brought either Pepe or Martinelli on, probably Pepe, um, and put him out on the right, put Saka out on the left, because Saka wasn't doing anything on the right. Put ESR centrally, and you know, seeing what happened, um, and I, I do think Martinelli should have come on at some point in that game. You know, there was there was space in behind him that we potentially could have exploited, um, and Pepe did nothing when he came on. But Aubameyang, it's like chalk and cheese his performances. You know, he's uh, and we tried to sort of say after the, the North London derby, oh, Aubameyang's back. You know. It, what a performance. And he was like a different player that day. Yeah. But he was back to the Aubameyang that we've seen most of last season and the start of this season on Saturday. There was no, there didn't seem to be that fire, that hunger in him. He wasn't closing down quite as well. He just, he just didn't look like he wanted to be there. Mm. I mean, what was your thoughts on him, Molly? I mean, how are you, are you taking it? I literally, I just, I think it's a case of them going there and then mentally knowing it's going to be a tough game and they're not really up for it. And as I said earlier, we've only won we've won once since they've come up. I think I believe, and that's not including the three FA two two FA Cup wins that we've had over, away. Um, it's it's a mentally tough game when we go there. You, you, you can you just imagine going to a ground and you're playing in front of their their home fans, our fans that can't that travelled from wherever knowing that you've only ever won one game and that was a goal from Lacazette and that you've never scored there. How would you feel? 
would you have the mentality to turn that around? Because if you did, that would be a sign of character. And at this point, I don't know if he's going to turn up anymore. I mean, as you said, it's like it's a bit like hot, being hot, hot and cold water. You run it, it's just one one, one game, you're, you're firing on all cylinders and then they actually disappear. It's the same with the West Brom. Okay, so... And obviously, I mean, he, he was brought off after 70 minutes. Um, do you think Arteta was too late making that sub? Yes. He should have been brought off at half-time. I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't pay much attention to second half because I was watching the ladies, but he should have been brought off at half-time because I did watch the first half properly. I mean, for me, when Lacazette came on, we, we looked like we had a chance of potentially snatching the win mm. in the last sort of 15 minutes or so. Um, Lacazette definitely made a difference. And <sighs> Stephen, do you think that's down to the fact that he knows he scored there before and he wants to do it again? Do you think it's that mentality or...? I think it's he's desperate to take his opportunities. You know, that's the thing. Um, he knows that this is... This is his last season at Arsenal because it doesn't look like he's signed a new contract. But he's desperate to take his opportunities and he, he wants to play football. Whereas I think Aubameyang maybe has that because he's captain, he's, he's undroppable. Whereas Lacazette is trying to, to make him droppable, even though they're good friends and everything. At the end of the day, they're professional footballers. And if you ask Lacazette who should play, him or Aubameyang, he's going to say him. You know, He's going to pick himself. And, I mean, obviously we've got a break now, but we've got Palace coming up, who recently, we we haven't got a good record against Palace. I don't think we've beaten them in the last five or six games. No, they've been our bogey um, team for a while now. Yeah, albeit they're not beating us. It's been a lot of draws. But, I mean, gee, would you, at this point, would you be tempted to put Lacazette in with these he plays better with the kids in the Bamiyang. Would you be tempted to put him in against Palace or would you go with the Bamiyang? You, you know what it is? I think, I think Lacazette, it's, it's so hard because I to and fro with this whole idea of playing a Bamiyang and Lacazette. And it's like, I honestly feel like right now, Lacazette will offer us more when he plays. And the only reason why I say that is because I just feel like Lacazette's game is a lot more, he's a lot more inventive in terms of his football. Like he can actually, he can come deep, he can hold up the ball, you know, he can, he can, he does a lot more of the kind of bringing other players into the game um, than, than Aubameyang does. Um, so. So he's but, a better footballer than Aubameyang, but Aubameyang would be a better goal personally, scorer. Yeah, personally, yeah. Lacazette for me is, is, is a more complete footballer. But Aubameyang is, for me, a more clinical striker. And I just don't feel like where where our offensive play is not clicking on a consistent basis, I don't think we're going to see the best in Aubameyang. Because I think you stick Aubameyang into that City team, Liverpool team, Chelsea team, he bangs in goals. He gets 25, 30 goals a season. Guaranteed for me. But... In this current Arsenal team, where defensively I can see the consistency and the progression, but offensively I can't, I, 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 he's, he's a player that thrives off service. But I feel like with Lacazette, if he gets a service, yeah, he, I don't think he's as clinical as, as Aubameyang, but he can still he knows where the goal is. 
but he is the type of player that he can adapt his game. If he needs to come deep and pick up the ball, you know, if he needs to hold it up, he's got more to his game than Aubameyang, you know, out of the two of them. But I personally feel like I'm more, I, I, I might be controversial, but I feel like the, the spotlight needs to be more on Arteta and the tactics um, personally than, than, than the actual players at this point. So do you think it's down to the style of play then, Jay? Yeah, I do. Because you know what? When when I look at it, when I when I actually look at it, and, and I know mm. a lot of people might disagree with me, and a lot of people might say that you know you're 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 being negative, but for me, you know, what what I'm struggling to understand is how can when, when you when you look at when you look at this this game, Brighton versus Arsenal, okay, we can take into account the conditions, we can take into account all these things, but You've got Graham Potter, who has got this group of Brighton players. Now, how is Graham Potter making this group of Brighton players play tiki-taka, intricate, amazing football, breaking us, breaking us down after wave after wave of football, getting 21 shots, and then we have a team of international players international players I was gonna and, have to hold you up there for a second and, and we and we we can't seem to we don't even look like we're gonna score I don't mean to be funny but Brighton have been playing together for years we've been most of those players haven't been played a season together yet I, I like, don't agree I've got a soft spot for Brighton I've been watching them for ages I'm not gonna lie to you they they've been playing together for years most of them and I, I, I just that, I, I, whether, whether they're playing Arsenal fans aren't patient we know yeah, this but, Look, whether they played together for years or not, Graham Potter would 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 if you if you offered Graham Potter a team swap, mm-hmm. Graham Potter would take the vast majority. How many of those Brighton players get into our first team? They're squad players. They wouldn't make it into our team. Exactly. So how how on earth like th- and this is this this goes back to my concerns with mm-hmm. this goes back to my concerns with with the previous games. Mm-hmm. That's why I never got excited by the whole Norwich game, the Burnley game, even the AFC Wimbledon game. Because when I when I deep the AFC Wimbledon game, we won 3-0. Mm-hmm. We had one shot on target in the first half and it was a penalty. Like for me, offensively, there are massive, massive questions that need to be asked about Arteta and the tactics because it's not working. The only game it worked in was the game against Tottenham. And to be honest, that's because Tottenham were tactically just inept in that match. Oh, they had no mid- they had literally had no midfield in that game, if you look back on the highlights. But when I look at this Arsenal side, Aubameyang is top five strikers in the Premier League. Smith-Rowe and Saka are generational talents at their age. Partey is an international, phenomenal midfielder. Odegaard, you know, when I put up a tweet the other day about Odegaard, everybody's telling me, oh, you know, if if you doubt Odegaard, you don't know football. Well, the performance he put in, the performance he put in against Brighton, mate, like, you know, I'm not saying that's going to be his consistent performing, Mm. but at the end of the day, like, I didn't even know he was playing. My argument is with I know this is a new team, but then saying that, if if we're not clicking offensively because we're a new team, then why is the defense clicking? Because the defense have only played three to four games together. So if you can build a chemistry in your defense to the point where you're keeping five, four clean sheets, and we're all applauding this team because you know 
they 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 they're building they're building relationships. They're not conceding goals. You know, they're playing with passion or they're excelling. But then our offensive players are not doing doing it. So you know, for me, the the, the argument of I agree that teams need to need to gel. But for me, the defense is gelling. The defense is showing progression. The front players—they're not showing it at all. That's just me. Okay. Let's read a couple of these comments. Um, Gary and Ferenc Spurs gave up in the midfield. I believe Brighton played a signed defensive structure. There weren't many holes. Also saying Oba and Odegaard or Oba and or Odegaard needed to come off at halftime. This wasn't the game for them. Keith, the two times I actually got off my seat. When we countered, we didn't do enough of that. With our defence looking stronger now, um, our strength is to counter. Alba was awful. I said last week that I wanted to see North London Derby Alba every week, but he dropped off again. Um, Tom, Alba does go missing. Despite his massive wages, um, should we be giving the likes of Eddie and Kelly a bit of game time, especially like the last 20 to 30 minutes? Keith, I think that Laka leaves it on the pitch more than Alba does. I'd drop him and he shouldn't be captain, in my humble opinion. Um, Gary Lacka is main player who comes off bench and his presence is known. Martinelli tries, but seems to be only one pressing when he comes on. Um, and then Gary saying that Tom hasn't and Kelly have been given enough chances. And then he was just saying he had to go. Um, I mean, can you say I know that, you know, about Bamiang being dropped and, and not captain? We've talked about this extensively, but who do you give the captaincy to? Because we know who Arteta's given it to. But who who realistically is the right person to captain this team? Kieran Tony. I've said it before. A lot of people who've watched us before know my reasons. He's got the experience as well. So there's no shadow of that is him for me. I don't know about you guys, but... Jay? Um, I think I think you know up until the beginning of this season, I would have definitely said TNE, and I think I think right now, I think out of all the players in terms of deserving the captaincy, I think TNE is the one that deserves it. Um, but I think as you said, you know we can't we can't see we can't see Arteta taking it um, off off um, Abamyang at, at present. But I think. <sighs> I think the only thing that would stop me from giving it to Tierney would to be give it to Gabriel. Um, however, I know there's, I know that, I know his, I know his, his language and his, you know, communicative skills are improving. Um, I don't really know what they're like on the pitch. That would only be my, 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 my drawback is that I think it would be, if he is captain, it will be very, it's very important that he is able to communicate fully with the whole squad and kind of you know um vocalize that communication like with the team if 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 that's not an issue then i think gabriel would be right up there with tierney to be honest um he's he's i think we all knew how good he was last season but obviously i think he had a bit of a blip but i think his like you said Stephen, earlier in the show i think his reintroduction to the side has really kind of been one of the driving forces to our to our improved results. So I think overall TNA deserves it, but I think closely followed by Gabriel. Okay. Evening everyone. Evening Ryan. How are you? Um Swart, Tierney our next captain for sure. And Ryan saying KT 
Gabrielle and Ramsdale are currently the only options. Okay, so overall then, um, we asked the question at the start, so it's time to answer it. Was the draw on Saturday two points dropped or one point gained? Lolly. Gained. I expected, well, I was all hyped up for our preview turn and I thought about it afterwards. I went, no, nah, we're not going to win this. So it was one point gained as far as I was concerned. Okay. Jay? Boy, I think it was... On reflection of the way we performed, it was a point gained because we didn't deserve anything more. Okay. Is that it? That's all you have to say on that? <laughs> Fair enough. No, I'm, that's just saying, okay. I'm just saying, like, I think on based on the performance, I don't think we could have got anything more than a draw. But, yeah, I just don't think we approached the game. I think I don't think we approached the game right whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I... I... I would agree. It was, for me, it was point gained based on the on the performances of the two teams. Yeah, and I want to make that clear. You know, it's it's not just on the performance of of Arsenal. I think Graham Potter had set um, Brighton up very well. They pressed really well. You know, that was the thing they were getting at getting at us as soon as we had the ball. They were on top of us. Yeah, um, and making life really really difficult. The fact that we couldn't play our way through it was a concern. Um, the fact that we couldn't get a foothold in the midfield was a concern. Um, and I think I think it highlights the fact that there's still a lot of work to be done. You know, and there's still a number of players need to, to leave and we need new signings come in. Now, I've already seen rumours that apparently we're looking at potentially three players coming in in January. Um, and for me, one of them needs to be a striker. We need someone who can put the ball in the back of the net. I think we need a strong central defensive style midfielder. Um, we need the likes of Bruno Grimerich, you know, someone like that. Um, you got enough the idea of your your signing of the summer, then, Stephen? What's that? You 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 don't want your signing that you wanted in the summer then anymore? I forgot his name. Yep. Oh, I'll always take a war <laughs> every day of the week. No, just I was sitting there thinking he hasn't mentioned him yet. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. I'll always take a war. My my only thing is with a war, he's more innate. He plays that sort of mm. left-hand yeah. side, but he plays innate. I think we realistically, we need a night-night winger. Is my other sort of thing, you know. Martinelli's not ready for it yet. We need someone who is ready, an out-and-out winger, to play. Because I don't want, I don't really want to see Smith Rowe playing on the left wing. You know that's the thing. Um, so, um, okay, so we're, we're all sort of in agreement with us. It was one point gained. What do you guys in the chat think? Was it a point gained or two points dropped? Um, Ryan said, but knowing Arteta, he will give it back to 34. Yeah, that's, I said the exact same thing that you know, if a Bamiang's dropped, and know exactly who's getting it. Um, Swar at one point gained after watching how the game um, turned out to be. In all fairness, Brian played much better than us. Ryan, don't do what I did tonight and invite Richard on, who upset all the other guests based on Saturday's outcome. Um, I'll have to watch that back. 
Suarez. I just hope for our players to stay fit in this international break. Yeah. So I want to touch on that. Um, obviously, one 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 thing which was interesting, and I think I saw it today on a tweet. Um, we seem to we seem to like completely um, lose the tactic of playing from the back against Brighton for some reason. I think it was the press because I saw a tweet. And to be honest, I didn't even notice this when I was watching the game. But it was, I think it was something like 13 of the 15 goal kicks that Ramsdale took, he hit long. And I was just like, wow. I, I didn't even deep that when I was actually watching the match. I, I, didn't, I didn't even, you know, grasp that. But when I saw that stat today, I thought to myself, well, may, maybe that was... Because the way Brighton were pressing, maybe, maybe that, maybe, maybe it was an Arteta tactic thing. Maybe it was, was, was the players kind of countering, you know, the the the, the high press that Brighton had. But yeah, you were definitely right in in saying that we just had no room to to, to even build from the back. But that would, I just found that interesting when I saw that because, um, yeah, that that indicates a complete change in tactic from you know playing from the back to to hitting it long. Funny, I actually talking of stats because I know Lottie loves a good stat. Um, I seen an interesting one today, and it's just actually it reminds me of something I said in our group on Saturday during the match. Thomas Party has had thirty shots from outside the box since he arrived at Arsenal. How many do you think have been on target? You seen the stat as well, then? Yeah. <laughs> Four shots on target from outside the box out of yeah. thirty. He needs to stop shooting. I said on Saturday this season. In the last couple of games, two of those were in the last couple of games. Yeah, I think with three of them were in the last game, or yeah. the, the shots, but obviously not on target. Um, you can tell he's, he's dying to get a goal in it, but <laughs> yeah. but I said on Saturday in our group, I said, you know, I, I will sacrifice Thomas Party never scoring for Arsenal. If he stops shooting from outside the box, <laughs> yeah. um, point gained from Tom. I knew it would be a tough match, but um, thought we may have nicked it before kickoff. Still ten points in the last twelve. Camping in Dubai, and um, yeah, you guessed right four. So yeah, talking of the, obviously the points. So we mentioned this. We've had with three games before the international break, which we lost all three, conceded nine goals, no points, no goals scored. We've then come back and we've played four games in the league and one in the cup. Um, 10 points from 12, so three wins and a draw. Conceded one goal, scored five. We now have another international break. The run of games after the international break then when we come back is Palace at home, Villa away on a Friday night. Then we've Leeds in the cup at home. What's that? Did you say something, Lolly? No. No, sorry. Phil is, yeah. at Phil is at home. Phil is at I'm home. Going to sorry. Games, we're home. Yeah, we're home Monday night and Friday night. Can't wait to be back. <laughs> so, yeah, with, with Palace at home, then Villa at home, then Leeds at home in the cup, then away to Leicester, yep. then home to Watford. Yep. So, out of those four games, Palace. Villa at home, Leicester away, and then Watford at home. What is the minimum expectation? Lobby. Okay, draw for Palace, beat Villa, beat Leeds, 
Oh, I don't know about Leicester, but we should be winning Watford. I'm on the fence about it depends on what form Leicester are in because they've been pretty bad recently. So I don't like Leicester away either. <laughs> Come back to me on Leicester, but the only game I expect to draw is Palace because Palace have come back even from 2-0 down. Again, like if anybody watched that game on Sunday, we're up to, Vieira's going to be up for it and they better be up for it. As much as I love Vieira, we need to win that game. We need to, regardless if he's coming home or not. Jay, your minimum expectations from those four? For me, I'm expecting a minimum of 10 points. Um, I think anything I think anything less... I think the bare minimum I would take is probably three wins and a loss. Um, but ideally, I want us to keep the kind of unbeaten run going for, for as long as possible. So even if we're not winning games, I'd rather us obviously not to lose games. So I'm looking for I'm looking for ten points minimum. But personally, I feel like we should like we should be beating all four of those teams. Um, as much as I know, you know, Vieira's got you know Palace galvanized and playing more kind of offensive football than they did under Roy. Um, they're still massively suspect at the back. Um, and we have we have a team, you know, strong enough to, to for me to to cope with their attacking threat, mm. but also we should be putting them to the sword at the back. So we should, you know, we should beat Palace comfortably. Um, Leeds are a decent side, you know, attacking wise. Leeds is a um, game, so not as oh well, sorry. Um, who mm. is it? Villa, less oh, than yeah, Villa. Again, we should be beating Villa. Um, and then obviously Leicester, like Lottie said. Um, they're not in the best of form, but they've got players that can hurt us. You know what? I think is it's important to know that it's important to say that n- none of these games are going to be easy. It's the Premier League, and if we don't turn up and we don't put in a performance, um, or put in a performance that's a little bit you know below par, then we could we can easily win all those four games, and we could easily lose each and every single one of those games in the Premier League because it's that competitive. But at the end of the day, if we want to be hitting top six, then we need to be getting at least nine to twelve points. If we get anything less than nine points, then we're simply just we're simply gonna just be mid mid table. Yeah. Um I mean for me, I think it's important nine, ten points out of those four games. Yeah. Especially if you look then at the run of games after that international break. So the next four after that international break, you have Liverpool away, Newcastle at home, United <laughs> away, and Everton away are the next four games after the international break. So we have three away trips, which yeah. include Liverpool, United, and Everton. Yeah. The only one out of that that's a dead cert is, is Newcastle. Should be, anyway. But the other three are going to be for you. Uh, Liverpool's going to be a nightmare. They're... They're flying. I think if Ben White and Gabriel can completely isolate Ronaldo, I think we might have half a chance against United. They haven't beaten us in the league since 2018. Yeah. To be honest, their FA Cup win don't count because it's not league. Yeah, so. out, of, out of the supposedly top four sides in the Premier League, mm. I say top four because I'm 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 looking at what City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Man United. Mm. Yeah, Man United is the one I least I least fear. Mm. Um, I've had this conversation with so many people. That for me, they're just a team of individuals. Oli's not, Oli's not really got them, got them, got them firing at all. But they've got players, obviously that that can that can win games, you know, um, at a split second. But yeah, I'm not I'm not too fearful of United. 
to be honest. Yeah, okay. So that kind of wraps that up. Um, Lottie, have you any update for us on fantasy football tonight? Or um, Not at the moment. I mean, Malcolm Dealey's still flying high at the top by four points. I know Bungle's a couple, like maybe a point behind at the moment. Bungle's still chasing that first spot, but Malcolm's hang, keeping him out. I've dropped to 100. I'm not impressed with myself. I've used my wild card. And I've got to say, my team's looking pretty good, thanks to Matt the Panda. So, how did you guys get on this week? I haven't looked. <laughs> I, climbed, I think I climbed some places. Not not, not many. Um, how many points I, I did another 20-place drop. I had 42, <laughs> a score of 42, which ain't great. Got better, average, better than me this week. I got the average was 38. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I got a green. I got a green arrow, so I guess I climbed. That's what you want to see on a Monday morning, not completely um, reds like me. Yeah, <laughs> not the greatest, but not the best. So I don't know. I have to just keep keep plying away. Yeah, Stephen. Couldn't tell you. Can't get on the internet. It's shocking here. Yeah, everything. everything oh. My internet's. Yeah. I'm surprised. I think Swarit, Swarit was finally achieved his goal. He's ahead of me now. So he said, "Oh, I'm not going to be ahead of you," and I went. Sorry, I have dropped to 139. Hey, oh, you're you're still a lot better than me, man. I'm like <laughs> 195 can, or something. <laughs> Catch yeah, me again. 32 points, so yeah. Yeah, I've used my wild card. I've changed my team completely. Sorry. I can't believe after seven games you're using your wild card. I get a new one in January. I'm not complaining. I lasted All this right. long. But I think is what happened is I went 60-60, 70-70, 50-50, 40. That's dropping. That's not good to me. I need to go up, not down. Um, so Swart's up the 82nd. Mate plays uh, the no, Keith, guys. Gotta get my some beauty sleep. Keith, you don't. It's never going to be enough. Um, <laughs> Swart, like, in six positions for me to get the 82nd. Right, if you haven't done it yet, folks, just take a wee moment and go and hit that like button. Um, it's not hard to do. It's just down below somewhere, down there, somewhere, hit it now. Um, guys, anything else you just want to run through tonight? Um, nope, not no. no, nothing else you just want to talk about. Great, okay. Um, I've been up since we, four, <laughs> like you. I'm knackered. <laughs> Sorry. If anybody does have any last comments or questions, drop them in the chat now and we'll come back to them obviously in a wee second. G, give us a quick run through on socials. No problem. No Hopefully problem. We'll be working. Brilliant. So, yeah, guys, you can follow us on all our socials. Um, we're on all the usual ones. So, um, Facebook is at Canon Chatter, Instagram is at Canon underscore Chatter, and TikTok is at Canon underscore Chatter. Twitter is where most of you know us, uh, most of you interact with us, um, and thankfully is the one platform that I believe is still not down. Um, so, yeah, if you want to follow us on Twitter straight after the show, you can follow our official account, which is at Canon Chatter. You can follow Stephen um, at SB Canon Chatter. You can follow myself at G Talks Arsenal, and you can also follow Lottie at Lottie underscore B. That's with two T's and two I's because... Someone beat me to it. 
And also, um, I'll let Lottie explain, but um, yeah, go ahead, Lottie. Tell them a little bit about your blog. You uh, can even share your, your recent good news as well. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, so as most of you guys know, I do run a blog. I do my match reports on the games. I haven't put Brighton up yet. I haven't got round to it because I was in the office today. I normally po do it, post it out tonight before tonight's show. Um, so, but if you ever want to, if you want to relive the North London derby, for example, and make you feel better, warm your heart, definitely worth a read. I've even got live videos from the clock and filmed by myself, albeit at the end of the game. But you can hear, you can hear the boys singing, you can hear myself singing as well. Funny enough, but yeah, no, it'll make you feel better. But also, if there's, the alternative is also you can go if you download on your Android or your iPhone Fan Hub. Um, when you sign up, drop me a DM and I will give you the golden ticket uh, code to bypass the 500 people queue um, to get into the app. And you can read it there anytime. As soon as I post something, it's automatic, automatically updated. And if you can't get hold of Lottie, I do have one golden ticket to mm -hmm. give away. So if anybody needs one, they can DM me. Yeah. If you can't Steven, get hold of Lottie. Stephen, you can use that. Did you set the amount of times you can use that? Can no. You, no. Okay. I think it just says you can only, you only get one. Okay, because I've got a drop-down box and I can do up to 100 still. <laughs> there should be a drop-down box. Do you, when you have a look at yours, have a yeah. look. Because if you, more people you get to join, the more shares you get in the app, okay. which are yours. So, okay. guys, if you want to come and join, like you can do your team prediction. There's loads of um, content creating on there. Um and also check in for games. We need to climb the board. Leighton Orient is at the top. And we're now currently sitting in 26 with the biggest club on that list. Spurs, United, Man City. They're well, all done. Up, we I think originally you said we was in you was 46. We've climbed up okay. 20 spaces. So guys, if you want to join the app, let us know. We need to cool. get we need to get Leighton Orient off the top. Leighton Orient. Cool. Um, guys, you'll notice uh, in tonight's show that obviously we're wearing our Canon Chat stuff. Um, hoodie, I sold two red hoodies and one blue hoodie. So, yeah, if you want to purchase any Canon Chat t shirts or hoodies, you know, feel free to email info at canonchatter.com or DM SB Canon Chat on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe, you turn on those notifications, and you hit the like button. And for those of you who have subscribed already and like this video, thank you so much. We appreciate all your support. Brilliant, thank you. Uh, last couple of comments then. Um, Tom, the pressures of being a manager. Haha, <laughs> well, this is it. I mean, none of us can really talk about Arteta when our own teams aren't doing great. Um, <laughs> and Jamie, yeah. 40 points with a four point hit outside the top 20 now. Boo hoo, I feel really sorry for you when I'm sitting on 133rd. You know, what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so. As you know, it's an international break. Um, mm -hmm. We hopefully will be back potentially later this week, maybe Wednesday or Thursday, just depending on things, how things go, with something a wee bit different. We're, we're hoping to do a quiz. Um, so that could be a bit of fun. Look out for posts on that. Um, and we will probably start to drop over the next week or so um, some of the wee videos that we've been recording, um, which are called Fans Favourites. So again, look out for those. They're really short 15-minute videos just to, to pass the time during the international break between international matches that you might watch, um, certainly while there's no Arsenal on. Um, Jay, any final words? Um, look, you know what? 
you know, sometimes I think I might come across being a little bit negative or a little bit critical. Um, I just want my team to do well. Do you know what I mean? That's that's all it is. I just want them to do well. But you know what? Credit where credit's due. Um, they had a disastrous start to the league campaign. Last four league games, picked up 10 points, moving in the right direction. So you know what? Bring on the break. Hopefully give the lads a bit more time to gel, build some more relationships in in, in what is, you know, a newly, newly-ish formed team um, and bring on Palace um, after the international break. Brilliant. Thank you. Lolly? Good morning, good afternoon, good night from me, wherever you are in the world. Excellent. Thank you. For me, um, as the guys said, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we really appreciate the support. And as I say, keep an eye out on Twitter and Facebook and all the socials. And we will hopefully be back later this week with, as I say, something a wee bit different, a bit of a quiz. Um, make sure and join us for that. We'll have some fun. Aside from that, have a good evening, whenever you're doing, or a good morning, wherever you are in the world. And we'll see you again soon. Good night.